praise the King of Kings. Praise the Lord of Lords. Worship Him. Give Him glory. Give Him honor. That you are here to attend the last Holy Ghost service of this year before the Congress. Give him glory, give him honor, give him adoration, praise him. He's worthy, he's worthy to be praised. There's no one like him. There's no one like him. Oh Lord, there's no one like you. Glory be to your holy name. Blessed, 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 blessed be your holy name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Glory be to your name. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. We give you all the glory. We give you honor. We give you all the glory. We give you honor, Jesus. We give you all the glory. We give you just want to say thank you. Thank you for January. Thank you for February. Thank you for March. Thank you for April. Thank you for May. Thank you for June. Thank you for July. Thank you for August. Thank you for September. Thank you for October. Thank you for November. Please accept our worship in Jesus' name. Tonight, in your own peculiar manner, satisfy every one of us. Everyone who is thirsty here tonight, my Father and my God, please satisfy all of us. And all your children who are listening all over the world, right now, my Father and my God, satisfy every one of us. 
At the end of everything, Lord, let your name be glorified. And please, Lord, have mercy on our nation. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. And let someone shout hallelujah. Shake hands with two or three people, prophesy to them, and say, God, we satisfy you tonight. And then you may put your hands together for the Almighty God. And then you may please be seated. Except those who are born in the month of November. If you are born in November, let me hear you shout hallelujah. <laughs> so many of you. Father, I want to commit your children born in the month of November into your hands. November is the 11th month of the year. 11 is double grace plus. And so I'm asking Lord God Almighty for each and every one of these your children. Let their blessing be more than double. Let their promotion be more than double. Let their anointing be more than double. Let their testimonies be more than double. And Lord God Almighty, let their service to you be more than double. Let it be well with them. And let your name be glorified. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, some quick announcements before we go to business. By the special grace of God, next year, if the Lord tarries, I will be leading another team to Israel on pilgrimage. And the period is going to be from May 15th to 24th. May 15th to the 24th year 2020 that is if the Lord has not returned before then if he has returned before then then we will be in the final pilgrimage to heaven so if you are interested in going with us you have to register latest by the end of December because Accommodation is becoming more and more difficult to get in Israel. I think some people are clapping to my far right. So please help them, you engineers. So if you want to go on pilgrimage with us next year, make sure you register before the end of December. 
Another good news is that the open heavens, the open heavens for the year 2020 is out. It is incredible the number of people that use our open heavens for their daily devotional. I was in Manchester a couple of weeks ago, and the guest speaker said, Sir, you never can tell how me, my family, and ministry have been blessed by the open heavens. I, I said, Glory be to God. Make sure you get your own copy as soon as possible. I think it is only for a thousand naira. Uh, so get a copy as soon as possible. Now, next month, there will be no Holy Ghost service. In other words, the first Friday of next month is free because the Congress is going to be from December 9 to 14. December 9 to 14. The theme, as you know already, is the great turn around. It's going to be a very great turn around for someone before we enter the new year. If you are that one, let me hear you shout hallelujah. By the special grace of God, for those of you who may have relatives in the north, we are having a Holy Ghost service in Abuja next Friday. And the theme is Peace Be Still. Peace Be Still. So, November 8th, on our campground in Abuja, we have the Holy Ghost service. Now, there have been some questions about the fast, which has already started today. Uh, some people were asking, are there exceptions? I said, of course. If you are over 70, you are exempted. Uh, that's, that doesn't include me. Uh, Till I go to see him in glory, if he calls for a fast, I will be the first one to begin. Now, but if you are over 70, you are exempted. After all, the, the prayer of a 70-something-year-old man is a local call to heaven because they are already very close. So they don't need any fasting to aid their prayers. If you are newly wed, you are exempted. <laughs> you are exempted because the Bible says that somebody who is newly wed should not even go to war. God said, you've just married, 
uh-uh. stay home, don't go to war, enjoy your wife for the time being. So if you are newly wed, you are exempted. Then you say now, okay, thank you, sir, but suppose my friend is wedding and uh, there's this wedding uh, party. Can't I just bite something? Sure, you can. The only thing is, for every day you eat in the month of November, you add two days in December. So if you like, for ten days in November, you can keep eating, and then add twenty days in December. I hope that is clear now. One of the happiest things that happened to me happened today. I got a text from my daughter, my my granddaughter, little girl, living in America where food is surplus. And she said, Daddy, I want to thank you for declaring a fast for the month of November. Ah, my granddaughter is happy that we are having a fast. (laughs) In a place where food will always tempt you, I said, "My, my tomorrow is all right. How many of you are happy that we are having a fast this month? Ah, let me hear you shout hallelujah. Okay, I want to thank God for my children who have spoken before me. When you, when you see these little ones presenting the word of God like this, ah, you know, I have nothing to worry about at all. Glory be to God. I mean, look at that little girl using chemistry to. <laughs> uh, I used to think that only mathematicians can handle the world. And now I can see a chemist telling me about the, the universal solvent, etc., etc. Et I say, is, is that so? Glory be to God. And then the other, the young man came and started talking about farming and uh, incidentally that word is farming. Um, that's, the, that's the way the queen will call it, farming. And we are speaking the queen's English. So the, 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 word, is, <laughs> the, the word is farming. I, I mean... He made it so clear. You know, there is a famine whenever the rain fails. When the, when the rain fails, then nothing will grow. And when nothing grows, money loses its value. Wonderful presentation. These children are something else. Let's give the Almighty God a big, big round of applause. And just one more point, just one more point before I go on. 
I've said it again and again. I'm saying it one more time. Because God is doing so marvelously in our midst. There may be a tendency for us to begin to take these miracles for granted. The testimonies of tonight are such that I thought every one of us would be up and shouting and praising God. Ah, ah. Thank you. Please don't get so accustomed to miracles that you forget the one who is doing these miracles. Um, because if, if just one of these miracles should happen elsewhere, I know how the people will be ecstatic with joy. But because we see these miracles again and again and again, we are beginning to say, well, thank God he raised the dead. Well, thank God he healed cancer. Well, thank God he... Uh, let me hear somebody shout hallelujah. All right. Now, uh, Job chapter 14. When that girl chose that passage, I said, oh, God, have mercy. What am I going to preach now? Job chapter 14, reading from verse 7 to 9. For there is hope of a tree, if it be cut down, that it will sprout again, and that the tender branch thereof will not cease. Though the root thereof wax old in the earth, and the stock thereof die in the ground, yet through the scent of water it will bud and bring forth boughs like a plant. I decree tonight that all of you who are already beginning to lose hope, hope will rise up again in your heart. As usual, I want to spend the first few minutes talking to those who are yet to give their life to Jesus Christ. In Deuteronomy 33, verse 27, Deuteronomy 33, verse 27, the Bible says, Underneath are the everlasting arms. The arms of the almighty God are underneath. It means there is no way you can be so low that you are beyond the reach of God. The lower you go, the lower his arms go because his arms must always be underneath. Physically, that means there is nobody so sick that God cannot heal. 
Nobody at all. One of my daughters wrote a book. Did they ask me to go and advertise it? Otherwise, I probably have brought it to show you. A couple of years ago, I was in Ireland. And I was there last week. And so, she gave me one of two of the books. When I was there a couple of years ago, she was so sick, she couldn't come to the Holy Ghost rally. As a matter of fact, the doctor said the chances that she would die was 99.99%. But one of the pastors brought an handkerchief to us. We prayed over the handkerchief. They took the handkerchief to her. And the Almighty God took the 0.01% that the doctor left and used it to heal my daughter. So she now wrote a book as a testimony called Rescued from the Jaws of Death. There's nobody so sick that God cannot heal. And in the name of the one who made heaven and earth, I decree anyone who is sick, who is still hearing me now, you shall live, you shall not die. Materially, there is no one so poor that God cannot make rich again. No one. Second Kings chapter four from verse one to seven. Second Kings four one to seven it tells us of a woman who was so poor, so deep in debt that the only thing the creditors thought they could sell were her sons. But the Almighty God reached out to her, and within twenty-four hours, not only was her debt paid. She had enough money to live on for the rest of her life. No one so poor that God cannot prosper. Maritale, there is no one too old. There's no one that is impossibly barren. There's no one that the Almighty God cannot make fruitful. Don't believe me, ask Sarah. She will tell you at the age of 90, humanly speaking, it was too late. But the Almighty God not only gave her a child, gave her a child that is called laughter. You've had the testimony of my daughter who was 38 years barren. Few months before she became 60, the word of God came like this. She grabbed it. And when she was lifting the baby up that the Almighty God gave her, the husband had to be there encouraging her, 
not to break down with tears of joy. Everyone that the enemy may consider impossibly barren before the new year, you will have a visitor of joy. Spiritually, there is no one so far gone that the Almighty God cannot save. No one. One of the songs that was rendered, and incidentally, <laughs> I was in the prayer room when one of the a member of the choir began to say, Lord, send your rain. And suddenly rain began. I said, ah, Lord, we want the rain, but uh, not the one that will be making a noise while I'm preaching. Thank God he intervened. One of the songs that was rendered tonight said, God took Saul and changed his name to Paul. Saul said, or Paul rather, when after the Lord has turned him around, said in 1 Timothy chapter 1 verse 15, 1 Timothy 1 verse 15, he said, of all sinners, he was the chief. But by the time we got to 2 Corinthians chapter 11 verse 5, 2 Corinthians 11 verse 5, the chief of sinners has become a chief apostle. There's nobody too far gone to be saved. Nobody. In other words, the only hopeless case whether physically, materially, maritally, or spiritually, the only hopeless case is the one who refused to accept Jesus Christ. Because as long as Christ is in you, Colossians chapter 1 verse 27, Colossians 1 27, there is hope of glory. It is only if you say, I don't want to accept your salvation. Then, there's nothing you can do. All you can do is make an offer. If you refuse the offer, then you've refused the offer. I will just remind you some of you have had this story before, but I believe God is speaking to someone in particular tonight. I will remind you of a situation when I was in a town very close here, and the king of the town was having a Thanksgiving ceremony and asked me to come and preach because it's one of my children in the Lord. And I went. And I was going to preach on all oh, that men should praise the Lord because it was a Thanksgiving service. But then his chiefs decided to come to church. And they were all dressed in the regalia of various kinds of secret societies. The usher saw them coming and said, Sir, look at those who are coming to church. Are we going to allow them in? 
I said, of course, put them in the front row where Jesus will be able to reach them quickly. And I changed my sermon. I was much younger than this, talking of some 40 years ago, to the battle of Mount Carmel. And after I preached fire and brimstone, I made an altar call. I made a challenge. I said to them, those of you who are sitting down there looking at me, I came here with my wife and my son. This is the number of my car. I want you to use all your evil powers to make one of my tires go flat. If you can do that, I will change my religion. I, will, I begin to worship your idol. If you can't do that, you must surrender to Jesus. I made the altar call. The leader of all the chiefs, the number one occultic man in the town, was the first to come forward. And when the other chiefs saw him going forward, they followed him. And then we finished the service, and the king said, Sir, EA. I said, Sir, I said, let's follow up this chief. Maybe he didn't know why you said he should come forward. Maybe he thought you're asking those who are sick to come forward. So we went to his house, and the king said to him, Chief, why did you go forward? Do, do, do you know what the man said? And the chief said, ah, You see a small boy like this challenging all of us. Who does not know there must be somebody behind him? He said, It is the one behind him that I surrender to. Let somebody shout, Hallelujah. was an old man, very old man. 30 days after he surrendered to Jesus Christ, he died. He would have been a chief in hell. Now I'm looking forward to seeing him in heaven. All the years he had used serving the devil was wiped away. Just one day. There's hope for you, brother. There's hope for you, sister. If you have not given your life to Jesus Christ, there is hope for you. You had the testimony of a lady when she said, I was in the street. You don't know what that means? She was a full-time harlot. But she gave her life to Jesus Christ. Now she's graduating. She's in Christ. All is going well for her. If you are here and you have not yet given your life to Jesus Christ, come to him now. Christ in you, the hope of glory. If a man comes to Christ, all things become new because all things are passed away. Come and give your life to him now. If you don't have Christ, you have no hope. 
So I introduce those of you who are clapping, your hands will never wither. And your hands will never be empty. You are clapping for Jesus because he's drawing people to himself. to Jesus Christ now. I said, please have mercy on me. Save my soul. Forgive all my sins. Become my Lord. Become my Savior. And I will serve you for the rest of my life. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. And I'm yours. I will be yours forever. And the rest of us, please let's stretch our hands towards this, our new brothers and sisters, and intercede for them. And pray that the one who saved our own souls will save their souls also. That God will wipe away all their sins with his precious blood. Let's cry to God on their behalf. Oh, thank you, Father. Glory be to your holy name. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Savior, I just want to thank you for your word. I want to give you all glory and honor for these people who have come forward to surrender their lives to you. Please receive them in Jesus' name. Save their souls. Forgive all their sins. Let your blood wash them clean. Please write their names in the book of life. Receive them into the family of God. And I pray that from now on, any time they call on you, you answer them by fire. Please don't let them backslide. Let them serve you to the end. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. I want to rejoice with those of you who have come forward. Because from now on, by the grace of God, I'll be praying for you. So I'm going to need your names. I'm going to need your address. I'm going to need your prayer request.
you. The passage we read in the book of Job said that if you see a tree that is cut down and it looks as if it's dry the branches are dry, the leaves are falling off as long as the root is still in the ground the moment that tree has a taste of water it will spring back to life this passage or the theme for this month in particular is directed at someone who is probably at the point of losing hope. And the Almighty God has brought this particular theme for November to tell that fellow, hey, hold on. Your turn around is coming. so many lessons to learn from this passage. I will be as brief as I can be because I still have another uh, service after this one is over. And the first one is please don't write me off yet. In Daniel chapter 3, from verse 14 to 30, Daniel 3, 14 to 30, when they threw Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego into the fairy furnace, they felt that's bye-bye. But they left God out of their calculations. In Genesis chapter 16, verse 1 to 4, Genesis 16, verse 1 to 4, when the maid of Sarah became pregnant, she began to mock her mistress. And she mocked too soon because she left God out of the calculation. I can assure you it doesn't matter what your situation may be no matter how desperate the situation may be nobody has a right to write you off yet a friend of mine preached a sermon about the power of yet He said, when they ask you a question, an embarrassing question, whenever you want to answer them, remember to put the word yet. 
Are you married? I am not married yet. Are you a landlord by now? I am not a landlord yet. Have you been promoted? I've not been promoted yet. He said, because of the moment you put the word yet, it means <laughs> what things are like today is not how they will be tomorrow. So let me ask somebody, are you married yet? The answer, I am not married yet. But uh, by the moment you put the word yet, you are saying, <laughs> get ready, my wedding bell will soon ring. Have you finished your university education? Answer the fellow, I have not finished yet, but I am going to finish. Do you have a car? I don't have one yet. <laughs> but very soon you will see me riding one. And boy, have you reached your goal? I have not reached my goal yet. Is there anybody here today who believes that it doesn't matter what the situation is looking like? There is still hope for me. If there's hope for you, let me hear you shout hallelujah. But there is even a more important lesson to learn from that, this text. And that is, please don't write yourself off. Yes, Proverbs 13 verse 12. Proverbs 13 verse 12 says, Hope deferred may make the heart sick. But, I want you to know that it is not over until God says it is over. And Revelation chapter 3 verse 7, Revelation chapter 3 verse 7 says, God has the key. When he opens, no man can shut. When he shuts, no man can open. He has the final say. And according to Ecclesiastes chapter 9 verse 4, Ecclesiastes chapter 9 verse 4, as long you are, as you are connected to him, there is hope. They may think you are a dog, but a living dog is better than a dead Lion. If you believe that your tomorrow will be all right, let me hear you shout hallelujah. Now, my children have spoken about water. And there's a lot of things that water will do. But tonight we just want to focus on the fact that water revives. Water revives. In Judges chapter 15 from verse 14 to 19, Judges 15, 14 to 19, 
After Samson killed a thousand of his enemies, he became thirsty. And he cried to God, Ah, I have won a great victory, but Tars is about to kill me. And the Bible says God provided water through the same vessel that he used to kill the enemies. And when he drank the water, he was revived. So water is, is symbolically referring to three principal things. One, good news. In Genesis chapter 45, verse 17 to 28, Genesis 45, verse 17 to 28, when they came to Israel and told him that his son Joseph is here alive. When she had thought the boy had been dead for a long time, and he said, don't, don't deceive me, leave me alone. Let me finish my journey the way I'm going. But the Bible said when they showed him things that Joseph has sent, when he saw the good news, he so revived. What I think is symbolic of good news. Number two, what is symbolic of anointing? Second Kings chapter 13, verse 20 to 21. Second Kings 13, verse 20 to 21. The Bible says, Elisha died, and they buried him. And then they saw, they brought a man, a dead man. They were going to bury him. They saw enemy coming. They threw him into the sepulcher of uh, Elisha. As soon as he touched the bones... Of Elisha, he revived. Anointing can bring revival. So, water is significant or symbolic of anointing. Number three, water is symbolic of a divine touch. Psalm 138, verse 7. Psalm 138, verse 7. Tells us that when the Almighty God stretched forth his hand to touch somebody, the fellow will revive. Three things that are symbolic or that water could represent. Well, how do I know then that? There's water for you to drink tonight. Number one, there's good news for you. And I'm not talking about the news on the television or radio. I'm talking about news based on the word of God that is forever settled. It is written in Isaiah chapter 3 verse 10. Isaiah 3 verse 10. Say ye to the righteous, it shall be well with him. What does that one mean? 
God is saying I should tell somebody here your tomorrow will be all right. That's good news. There is good news for you. Isaiah 54 verse 15. Isaiah 54 verse 15. He said, yes, enemies may gather together against you. He said, but those who gather against you will fall. For your sake. That's good news. That's good news for you. Isaiah 54 verse 17. Isaiah 54 verse 17 says, There's no weapon fashioned against you that will prosper. That's good news. There's good news for you. Isaiah 43 from verse 1 to 2. Isaiah 43 verse 1 to 2 says, Even when you are walking through fire, you will not be burnt. When you are walking through rivers, it will not overflow you. Good news. There's good news for you. Isaiah 41 from verse 10 to 13. Isaiah 41 from verse 10 to 13. The almighty God said, I will help you. There's good news for you. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 5. Hebrews 13 verse 5. The Almighty God said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. That's good news. That means it doesn't matter what the enemy may try. I am more than a conqueror. It doesn't matter what the situation may look like. My tomorrow will be all right. Good news. Good news. I've shared this with you before. Even before I became born again. When I got married... Since we are still very, very tough in my family. And when my wife and I are struggling over Pama, and we will say, ah, that one is too thick. You can't eat that alone. Let's cut it into two. I will tell her then, my dear, don't worry. Things won't continue like this. Thank God. She believed me. And I'm saying to somebody here today, it doesn't matter what the situation may look like, your tomorrow will be all right. What a symbolic of good news. And there's good news for you. Number two, anointing. Water is symbolic of anointing. And there is anointing here tonight. How do I know? Because Jesus said in Matthew chapter 18, verse 19, Matthew 18, verse 19, said, Where two or three of you are gathered together in my name, I'll be there. And if where Jesus is, where Christ is, is the anointed one. So anointing is here. 
There's anointing here tonight to destroy all yokes. Including the yokes of doubt. Because in 2 Kings chapter 4 from verse 8 to 17, 2 Kings 4, 8 to 17, when Elisha said to that woman, the great woman of Shunem, woman, within a year you will bear a son, the woman doubted, but anointing destroyed the yoke of doubt. And it is written in Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 20. Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 20. If you believe God, you will be established. If you believe his prophet, you shall prosper. I stand today as a representative of the Most High God to you. And I decree in that name that's above every other name before the new year. You will sing a new song. There is anointing here. Even if I'm the one saying it with all humility. There was a time when the anointing was small. And before we could ask anybody to go and lay uh, an handkerchief on somebody, we must have taken the handkerchief in our hands. We must have prayed at times for 10 minutes. Lord God Almighty, you are the all-sufficient God. You have never changed, etc., etc. And then we say, please, anoint this cloth. Lord, please make sure you soak it with your anointing and so on and so forth. And he answered. But then he is aware that the work is increasing. And by the grace of God, he increased the anointing proportionately. So all we need to do is just wave our hand. And the handkerchiefs and cloths that are lifted up become anointed. There is anointing here. And I am saying today, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, even the dress you are wearing are anointed now. And then there is divine touch. Water is symbolic of a divine touch. Now the question people will always ask then is, how am I sure of all the people here that God is going to touch me tonight? Well, what we learned from the word of God is whether God touches you or you touch God, the result is the same. If a life wire, a wire carrying electricity, mistakenly drops on somebody, or somebody mistakenly touches that wire, the result will be the same. Now, God is the consuming fire. 
Whether he's the one who touches you or you are the one who touches him, the result will be the same. In Mark chapter 5, from verse 25 to 34, Mark 5, 25 to 34, the woman with the issue of blood, he touched just the M of the garment of Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ said, virtue has gone out of me. There was a spark of healing power that went into her. How do I touch God? The Bible teaches that you can touch him by faith. In Matthew chapter 8, verse 5 to 13, Matthew 8, verse 5 to 13, the Almighty God tells us about the story of a centurion who came and said to Jesus, please, I need that my servant be healed. And Jesus said, I will come and heal him. He said, no, you don't need to worry. Speak a word only. And he touched Jesus. Jesus said, ah, this faith is great. He said, receive what you want. I've told you the story of somebody who wrote to me and said, I have series of problems. I am not asking that, I will, that you come and pray for me. I'm not booking an appointment. I know if you can just read my letter, I will get my miracle. And I will send my testimony. I, I read the letter. I said, Almighty God, you have to honor this faith. Two weeks later, I got another letter. The fellow said, I know you read my letter because I got my miracle. Every one of you just looking at me tonight, receive your miracle in Jesus' name. You can touch him by faith. You can touch him by worship. The Bible tells us in Acts 16, verse 25 to 26, Acts 16, 25 to 26, that at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. And God saw them praising him in prison and he was touched. Instead of them grumbling, they were praising him. He said, in that case, I will force open the doors of the prison. You can touch him by worship. You can touch him by prayer. In Mark chapter 10, verse 46 to 52, Mark 10, 46 to 52, Bartimaeus cried until Jesus stood still. He was touched by his prayer. You can even touch him by a shout of praise. Because in Joshua chapter 6 verse 20, Joshua 6 verse 20, it was just a shout that broke down the wall of Jericho.
So some of you think that when I say that we should, that somebody should shout hallelujah, they thought it was just uh, a cliche. Amen. <laughs> so water is symbolic of good news, and there's good news for you. Water, water is symbolic of anointing, and there is plenty of anointing here. And water is symbolic of a divine touch, and I believe somebody has already touched God tonight. Now I'm going to give you a case study. Just we'll take one example from the scriptures. And that example is in John 11, from verse 39 to 44. John 11, from verse 39 to 44. It's the story you know very well. Lazarus died. Been dead and buried for four days. If there is a hopeless case, that's one. That was thoroughly, thoroughly hopeless. <laughs> Even the relatives have written him off. They said by now, he's thinking. But I want to submit to you tonight, it is never too late with God. Because in Daniel chapter 2 Thank you Father The Lord asked me to tell someone I think I've had something similar to this one before he Asked me to tell someone He said before the end of the year It will be obvious you have not been forgotten In Daniel chapter 2, verse 20 to 21, the Bible says it is God who controls times and seasons. Times and seasons. is the one in charge. In Psalm 90, verse 2, Psalm 90, verse 2, God is said to be the one from everlasting to everlasting. When we are talking about what is time, if you want to really be theological or philosophical, you will say time is a fragment of eternity. That will be absolutely correct. But God is from eternity past to eternity future. He controls time. And for everything in life, he has a timetable. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1. Ecclesiastes 3, verse 1. He said, For everything there is a season, and for every purpose there is a time. 
So when you think it's too late, it's merely waiting for your own set time. Because it is written in Psalm 102 verse 13. Psalm 102 verse 13. Thou we arise and have mercy on Zion. For the time to favor her, yea, the said time has come. I'm going to ask a very dangerous question now. I want you to think before you answer. Whose time has come? Are you sure? Let God himself hear you say, it is my time. And so, Lazarus was dead. The sister said, if you had come on time, my brother would not have died. Lord, if you had moved two years ago, when I was still menstruating, then maybe I would have gotten a child. But now, too late. I said, I control time. But my brother is dead. The sister said, Jesus Christ said, what's wrong with you? I told you I am greater than death. I'm the resurrection and the life. Revelation chapter 1 verse 18, Revelation 1 verse 18 says, God has, Jesus Christ has the keys of hell and of death. So in Romans chapter 4, verse 16 to 21, Romans 4, 16 to 21, the Bible tells us that even though the womb of Sarah was dead, the one who is stronger than death, she brought that womb back to life. My brother, my sister, some of us have prayed for some things not to happen. And they happened. Let me assure you, any time that God says no to your prayer, it is because he has something better. All things work together for good to them that love God. Romans chapter 8 verse 28. Romans 8 28. Anytime you think you have suffered a tragedy, I trust my God. <laughs> you may not understand now, but you will understand by and by. Yeah, I rejoice with you, my brother or sister. 
I've told you this story before. My mother had four children. Three girls and a boy. And for one reason or the other, she simply said, that's enough. That's all I wanted to have. Then the only boy died. And they had to beg her and beg her and beg her to try one more time. Just in case it will be another boy. That's how I was born. She was weeping when that boy died. Only to realize later on that what God has as a replacement. Let me hear somebody shout hallelujah. God controls times and seasons. And he knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. Then you need to know that this God can reverse the irreversible. If you think it is too late, you think God delayed too long, why don't you understand who we are talking about? We're talking about someone who, according to Ezekiel 37 from verse 1 to 10, Ezekiel 37 from verse 1 to 10, someone who can make dry bones live again. That's the God we are serving. We're talking about the one who, according to Jeremiah 32, verse 27, Jeremiah 32, verse 27, the one who said, I am the God of all flesh. Is anything too hard for me? That's the God we are talking about. We can't see him, but we can see his work. talking about a, a God who took ordinary mud, ordinary mud, formed it in the shape of a man and breathed into it and the mud became a living soul. Genesis chapter 2 verse 7. That is the God I'm talking about. We are talking about a God the one who breathed into you and you became a living soul. When he breathed at the sea, the sea parted. The same breath from his nostril that gave you life can yet make a way where there was no way. And like I told some of my children not too long ago, I think about uh, four Sundays or so ago, 
when I was talking on arise, I said, hey, when you read Mark chapter 2, from verse 1 to 12. Hmm. Thank you, Father. Daddy asked me to assure somebody. He said, I have told you before. I am your backbone and nobody can break me. So if, so, so if anybody is thinking of breaking your back, the fellow is a joker. The almighty God says, I am your backbone. Nobody can break me. If you are the one he's talking to, let me hear you shout hallelujah. Ah, thank you, Daddy. <laughs> Daddy says there's someone here, he, he said your your life up to this moment is like a basket. That cannot retain water. He said, but from tonight, your blessings will come to stay. I mean, in Mark chapter 12, verse 1 to 12, Mark 12, verse 1 to Mark 2. From verse 1 to 12. When they carried that boy in, he was paralyzed from neck downwards. Jesus spoke a word Rise up. The moment he spoke, he provided the power that will cause that fellow to rise. If God says it's going to be where we do, He will provide the wherewithal that will make it possible for you to be where we do. If He says you will reach the top, whatever He has to remove to get you to the top, He will do it. If he says you will be the mother of a set of twins, I think somebody is taking that one. <laughs> he will make it possible. And if he says you are going to make first class, I think that's talking to a student. Somehow you will make first class. <laughs> it will just make it possible. Somebody had asked me, how can that one ever be? I said, I know my God. When you are studying, he will say, read that one again. Read that one again. Because that is the question that he knows that the lecturer has already said. The lecturer can't set the question behind God. As the lecturer is setting the question, Daddy is watching. 
If he wants you to make first class, you will make first class. I decree in the name that's above every other name. All of you, my children, you will excel. Oh, glory be to God. Meaning what? It means your joy is coming. Because like one of my children quoted, Psalm 30 verse 5, Psalm 30 verse 5, weeping may endure for a night, joy comes in the morning. The only thing that can prevent your joy from coming is if the sun does not rise tomorrow. And I know that I know that I know that the sun will rise again tomorrow. I want you to shake hands with three or four people and say, my joy is coming. My joy is coming. Uh, My joy is coming, man. My joy is coming. My joy is coming. When they threw Daniel into the den of lions in Daniel chapter 6, Daniel chapter 6 from the beginning to the end, when they threw him into the den of lions, they went to sleep. They thought he's finished. <laughs> but by the following morning, they saw what they saw. All those who try to throw you into the den of lions will replace you there. My joy is coming. I've shared with you before when I first became general overseer. <laughs> we had only 40 parishes, but there were 40 problems. Because many of the pastors there, they didn't, they didn't want me to be general overseer. I didn't apply for the job. <laughs> I didn't want to even be a pastor, talk less of general overseer. When I hear some people now wanting to be general overseer, I say, God have mercy on you. I, oh, I wish God would just allow me to hand over to you so I can, I can eat like other people eat and sleep when other people are sleeping. Come and take over, brother. And you can preach and I will sit down and enjoy myself. 40 parishes, 40 problems. So when I go to visit the one in the north, by the time I come back, my wife will have a series of reports from those in the east, from those in... When she finishes, I will say, where's my food? Uh, You didn't hear all I've said? Uh, (laughs) I heard, won't I eat? 
And when I finish eating, shall we pray so that we can go and sleep? Ah, you didn't. I had weeping may endure for a night. When is joy coming? Why should I worry myself when I know joy is coming tomorrow? If your joy is coming tomorrow, shout another hallelujah. Let me begin to close so that we can have some time to pray because I, I want you, I know your hope is up again now. And you'll be able to pray correctly. Ah, thank you, Father. The Lord said the, 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 the fellow concerned will understand. He said someone got you into trouble and ran away. The Lord asked me to tell you. He will be tracked down. And will be arrested. <laughs> Glory be to God. Uh, you think God doesn't know your secrets? He does. He does. And he, he asked me to tell someone. And I would love to say amen to this even myself. He said your test, what you are testing for, is the ability to do mighty things for God. He asked me to tell you, I will satisfy your test. I'm trying to conclude. <laughs> I'm trying to conclude, but Daddy is talking. And I want to say amen to this one also. Because he said there's he says there's someone here tonight or somewhere else, wherever you are listening. He said, I will lift up your head again and again and again. So what is the conclusion of the matter? What is the conclusion of the matter? The conclusion of the matter is simple. Whose report are you going to believe? Because in Isaiah 53, verse 1 to 5, Isaiah 53 from verse 1 to 5, he says, Who has believed our report? Are you going to believe the report of your body that says, Oh, I'm dying? Or the one who said... By my stripes, you were healed. Are you going to believe the reports of the highly trained physician who said you can never have a child? Or the report of the one who said there will be none barren among my people? Are you going to believe the report of the, of the 
your financier or whatever who said we're going to shut you down or the one who said my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches in glory are you going to believe the report of the one who said you are finished you will never rise again or the one who said my son shall be head and not tail above and not beneath whose report are you going to believe Romans chapter 3 verse 3 to 4 Romans 3 verse 3 to 4 says hey what if some people don't believe with their own belief make God of no effect he said it is written let God be true and let all men be lies I don't care what is happening brother my tomorrow will be alright it doesn't matter my present situation my joy is coming I want you to write down the following prayer points because it is time for you to pray now Oh, thank you, Father. Number one, I want you to praise him from the bottom of your heart tonight. I want you to praise him like you've never done before. Thank him for all that he has done. And praise him till you feel that you have touched God. You know, when we say praise God or worship God, there is worship and there is worship. There is worship that we do casually. There's a kind of worship when all of a sudden you, you feel your head swelling. When you are praising him and, he, and your head begins to swell, you know he has come near. Praise him that way tonight. And then number two, you, you will say, Father, please give me water of life to drink. Give me water of life to drink. And then number three, you say, Father, let hope rise again in my heart. Let hope rise again high in my heart. Knowing that tomorrow, will be alright and then number four you say father I know you can do all things please hasten the fulfillment of your promises for me hasten the fulfillment of your promises for me. And then number five. Father, before the year ends, change my stories to glory. 
before the year ends change my stories to glory and after that you can then add your own personal prayer request the altar is open come and spend quality time with God tonight make sure you you praise him long before you begin to ask for anything. I'm going to give you 30 minutes before the Almighty God tonight. Praise him. Praise him till you feel him drawing near. Praise him till you can feel the hair on your head rising. Praise him. Praise him. And then you can begin to ask him. For all the things that we want. Thank you, Savior. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. The one who is the Alpha and Omega, the unchangeable changer, we answer your prayers. The one who controls times and seasons. We let this be your time. Everything he has promised you. He will do it very soon. Because the sun is going to rise again tomorrow, in the mighty name of Jesus, your joy shall come. In God's own miraculous way, you will laugh last. He will silence your mockers. Everything you have requested from him tonight, he will give unto you. By the time you return for the Congress, 
your joy will overflow. It shall be well with you. Your testimony shall be mighty. And when you two go out witnessing for souls, miracles will follow. God will use you to raise the dead. He will use you to open blind eyes. He will use you to make the lame to walk. He will use you to make the dumb to speak. He will use you to make the deaf to hear. You'll be a mighty vessel unto honor in God's hand. And in the name that's above every other name, I decree concerning you, no more delay. So shall it be. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. To thee. tonight. Let me hear you shout a really big hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Congress this year is going to be one you have never seen before. 
going to be just wonderful from Monday all the way to Saturday. I will advise you don't miss a single day and don't forget to tell all your friends. Now, we want to say thank you to the Almighty God for what He has done. And then we have the final prayer, and only the workers will stay behind after that one. So, check your Thanksgiving offering, dance to the nearest basket, make sure you dance very well. Let God know that you appreciate Him. As we hand over to the to the band.
the Almighty God will bless your offering. The all-sufficient God will see to it that you never lack again. All those who think you are going to die poor will be disappointed. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, you will have more than sufficient. God will go with you. He will prosper you in all your ways. Beginning from now, your testimonies will multiply. So shall it be. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Let me hear somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah.